Blog Talk Radio. It was very late at night. I was sitting outside on a rock. As Stan said, I showed him the rock when he came to my home. And I was just thinking, what did I do? I was crying so my family wouldn't see me. And all of a sudden, I saw a light coming towards me. When I saw the light, I thought it was a car. Because in Romania and in Italy, they always try to run me over with cars. So I thought, they found me here too. But it was not a car. The light surrounded me. And out of the light I heard the same voice. It was the same angel. Dimitri, why are you so despaired? Why did you punish me so harshly? What did I do? Why couldn't you let me stay in prison? But my family would have had a home. I don't have a bed to let my head down on. Why was I brought here? Dimitri, I brought you to this country because this country will burn. So why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you let me die in jail in my own country? He said, Dimitri, be quiet. Get beside me. I don't know what the device was, but he pulled me beside him and he showed me all of California. Do you see what I've shown you? This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. Their sins have reached God and God has decided to punish them by fire. He came and showed me Las Vegas. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah and one day it will burn. He came and showed me New York. This is New York. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day it will burn. And then he showed me Florida. This is Florida. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. And in one day it will burn. You've been listening to the Wake Up America message with Dimitri Dudeman. For a copy of this very important message, please go to our website at handofhelp.com. Never before in the history of our country has our nation been in more jeopardy than now. Please order a copy of the video Wake Up America at the handhelp.com website and get the warning out while we still have time. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. happy people. I, I thought I'd try an accent. Who knows? It might take. Uh, it's, uh, you know, weird what, what, what catches on in America nowadays. Remember the, the bullfrogs? Uh, you know, on the, the Budweiser uh, bullfrogs. What was their thing? I don't even remember, but it was huge back in the day. Um, that goes to show you I don't remember everything. Some things are worth forgetting. <laughs> Uh, lots to talk about because this is the world we live in. I, I wish I can come on here one day and go, hey, nothing to discuss. Everything is great. Life is looking peachy. All we need is uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, lotion to keep the sun from burning our skin. Some SPF 50, please. Those are not the times that we live in. Those are not the things that we can discuss today because, uh, well, Joe Robinette Biden made a surprise visit to Ukraine. Uh, He fell upstairs again and uh, international reporters uh, couldn't be bothered to stop laughing at it. But there are certain things that came out of this meeting that well, caused me a wee bit of concern. Because right now, as one Ukrainian official said, we're not going to stop until Ukrainian tanks uh, are in Red Square. Now, in case you don't know where Red Square is, that's Moscow. That's a ways away from Ukraine. And uh, I I think uh, these folks are getting a little too high on their own supply, and they have legitimate reasons for doing so. Because here comes the American government and promises them 
everything, whatever you want, whatever you need. By the time this whole thing's over, we might have probably given a billion dollars for, for every Ukrainian citizen. Uh, and uh, when, when you have America saying we got your back, uh, it makes the kids a little frisky. Uh, we talked about this. Like I said, we talk about a lot of these things before they happen because yours truly uh, can see around corners. I know. Uh, it's, not, it's not. When I tell you something's prophetic, then it's prophetic. If I don't say it's prophetic, then it's American prophetic. I put the pieces together and I see the picture. The issue is I see the picture better than most people. Because most people are stuck on stupid. Most people are still seeing the situation through the prism of American superiority. Replay the video of your president falling upstairs, and then you'll know what American superiority really is. Now, that notwithstanding, certain things are being said that are escalating the situation. On Wednesday's broadcast of NPR's All Things Considered, indeed, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin responded to questions of what would constitute a victory in the Ukraine-Russia war and whether the U.S. would urge Ukraine to end the war even if the borders were restored to where they were before the start of the war by stating that Ukraine's going to decide what victory's going to look like. Huh. And we're going to focus on what's in front of us right now and put them in the best possible position to continue to be successful. Now, the English and the French apparently uh, decided to wake up from their wine and do slumber. And they too are on board with uh, giving the Ukrainians weapons of war that are offensive and not defensive so they could push back the evil Ruskies into, into Moscow and, and, and liberate Russia from itself. Now, you can only push somebody into a corner so far before they retaliate. So now uh, is, is our American prophetic segment. American prophetic. The question isn't whether the Russians will retaliate. It's whether they'll give Western Europe a bloody nose or a concussion. Hear me on this. It's not an if. That ship has sailed. It's whether they're going to give Western Europe a bloody nose or a concussion. Because it's not as though you're messing with the Afghanis whose best defense is a hungry goat. This is a nuclear superpower who just bowed out of the last treaty they were in regarding nuclear proliferation. I know Joe Biden has a hard time saying proliferation, but he has a hard time saying most words. So, you know, in his defense, proliferation is a pretty heady word. You're not messing with Saddam Hussein, who pilfered all of his nation's money and gave it to his no good sons so they could have an endless party. You're talking about a guy who's had the reins of power in Russia for decades. So it's basically an alpha wolf among alpha wolves who's been brutal enough to maintain power all this time. Now, I know. Did you hear? He's got... I, I heard that he has everything from lupus to leprosy uh, to irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, what, what's that thing the, that uh, Muhammad Ali has? Everything. I'm surprised that he's alive and some people are saying it's not him. It's not even Vladimir Putin. It's a robot in his skin. He was so ill that he died 30 years ago. Look, you need to be able to sniff out propaganda. If you're telling me that Joe Biden is the picture of mental health, 
and that Vladimir Putin, who just gave a two and a half hour speech, is rickety as a man falling upstairs, then allow me to pinpoint the fact that you might be a propagandist. Uh, Now, we'll continue. Allow me to sip from my delicious beverage. Coffee, black, hot, good. Because I spent two and a half hours this morning shoveling. If you live anywhere near Wisconsin, you know what we just went through. This wasn't the, the, you know, make snow angels kind of snow. This wasn't the fluffy stuff you can have snowball fights with. This was a good four inches of, of ice mixed with snow. It was some sort of slurry, and man, it's heavy. My back is just, I'm going to feel it in the morning. That's all I got to say. Uh, allow me my sip, and then we'll continue with uh, the comparison between uh, the two leaders. Because apparently one is a mental midget that knows nothing, that is ill from many, many ailments. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for testicular cancer to pop up. You know, something to do with his manhood, because, you know, uh, that, that, that works. You know, the Russians, they're, they're proud of their manhood. Anyway, I'm waiting for that. Now, all right, here, let me sip, because I, I don't want to get angry. There's, there's so much upbeat and positive stuff to talk about today that I would be remiss if I got angry. Did you know that the unemployment rate is down again? It's amazing. It's what, uh, one, 1. 1.9 now? Isn't like negative three? I don't know. But the unemployment rate just keeps going lower and lower. And nobody, absolutely nobody, seems to want to acknowledge the fact that they're no longer counting people who stopped looking for work. I know. Just a little something to be aware of. What was it? Uh, Jobless claims unexpectedly tumble again. Six straight week. They're below 200,000. It's 192,000 people. That's it. That filed jobless claims. Now, ask yourself this. If everything was so rosy, why is everybody looking to hire and nobody's going to work? Do you understand the beast that they unleashed by shutting down for two years and letting people get addicted to video games and sitting in their underwear in their basement eating their own boogers? There is a swath of America that does not want to work. They will suckle at the teat of whatever the government's offering, whatever handout, whatever benefit. They'll go stand in every free food line and get themselves enough to have for a year or two and go right back to the video games and write letters to the energy company that I can't pay my electric bill because I'm on the outs. I have no job. We haven't seen. Again, but we're, 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 we have such limited focus. Our attention span is, is so minute that we think we've seen the fullness of the repercussions that two years of lockdowns have had upon society. You haven't. So jobless benefits continue to decline. People just stop looking. Look, when when unemployment was like 60% in Romania, there was nobody applying for jobless benefits because everybody was either bartering services or working on the sly. Enough people work on the sly. Enough people no longer contribute to the federal tax system. And you're going to have yourself a bigger deficit than what what they're already projecting. Do you see where we're going? But let's get back to our relationship with the Ruskies and the promises that we've made to the Ukrainians and, and how 
the defense secretary sees the definition of victory playing out. Ukraine's going to decide what victory is going to look like. Those are scary words coming from the defense secretary. Because, look, I understand the Eastern European mindset. So when you write a Romanian, a Ukrainian, a Hungarian, a Polish man that's lived there and understands the way things work there, a blank check, they're going to keep writing zeros till their arm gives out. Understand that part. And that money isn't coming out of the ether. It's not, it's not being prayed down by the pink-haired lady. That's coming from your pocket, my pocket, my kid's pocket, my grandkid's pocket. And when you say we're going to let the Ukrainians decide what victory is, then what you've just done is committed yourself to a very long, long process. Because right now, the Ukrainians have no reason to say, all right, let's, let's be done with this. Because every nation's pumping money into them. What was it, last week we tried to threaten the Chinese if they helped the Russians? Really? So now, now we're, we're in a proxy war with Russia and we're threatening the Chinese. That, that transgender marine unit must be really good. Pink M16s must uh, stir fear and dread in the hearts of many an enemy, huh? That were able to threaten two superpowers. And when you see who's doing the threatening, a guy whose adult diaper is full more often than not, you begin to understand the kind of mess we're in and the, the, the kind of problems we're about to have, kids. So just to, to, to re-clarify, so that when it happens, you will remember American prophetic. It's not whether or not the Russians will retaliate at this point. The only question that you need to have, and that will be answered, I, I assume shortly, is whether westernized Europe or Western Europe is going to get a bloody nose or a concussion. Because when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. That's the way of things. That's the way it goes. And right now, the Chinese are more than happy to funnel anything to the Russians that they need because they understand that the Americans have to keep pace with funneling your money and, and all of our reserve weapons to the Ukrainians. My enemy's enemy is my friend. If they could get America to weaken itself by committing or overly committing to the Ukrainian endeavor when none of our business, we shouldn't be there. If we hadn't stuck our big nose in there, this would have been over. They would have made peace. There would have been some concession or another made by the Ukrainians and the Russians. Okay, okay. Okay, we see you in five years. We take a little more. It's the way it works. But we decided we wanted to use the Ukrainians as a cutout to fight against the Russians. I've said it before. Go back and listen. Six months ago, eight months ago, I, I, I feel sorry for the Ukrainian people because at some point they're going to get thrown under the bus. And then there's going to be no, no cocky moron walking around going, we're going to stop when our tanks are in Red Square. He's going to be trying to get asylum to a westernized country so that he doesn't get pushed out the same window that some of uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, detractors have been falling out of, if you know what I mean. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get that asylum because... Once you're done being useful to the machine, the machine cares nothing for you. Understand that part. It's, it's like the devil. Once the devil has succeeded in shaming someone like a Jimmy Swaggart, once the devil has succeeded in embarrassing and causing the church a black eye, the devil's done helping you out. The devil's done being nice. doesn't care. Throws you onto the trash heap with the rest of the losers. 
Same thing's going to happen to the Ukrainian politicians that are getting a little ahead of themselves. And by the by, just a question. Allow me to sip from my delicious beverage once more. And uh, prepare your minds for critical thought, okay? If everything's so dangerous, if everything is life and death, how is it that not only can the Ukrainian president travel at will anywhere in the world to do photo shoots and whatnot, but American politicians can fly into Ukraine for photo ops and uh, promissory notes of hundreds of millions of dollars? Huh? Just ask yourself that. Because you had everyone from Lindsey Graham to, to every, every attention whore. Because that's what they are. Every attention whore on both sides of the aisle has made a trip to Ukraine during the midst of a war. So, again... Sometimes propaganda gets pushed so far that common reason makes you question everything. Common sense. You're like, eh, that does not seem like a very, very uh, believable. And then anyone that says that doesn't seem very believable or, you know, there, there's something wrong with the equation gets labeled a Russian sympathizer. What? Are you for Vladimir Putin? I'm from no, I'm for Jesus. That's it. But I have to think this through, and I have to call it what it is, because like with everything else, when the smoke settles, when the dust settles, The way it should be, because, see, again, it's not this way anymore because everything's upside down. The way it should be is that when the dust settles, the people that were right about it get validated, and the people that were wrong about it get shamed and and tarred and feathered. But that that doesn't seem to be the case anymore, at least in America, because you've got Il Dottore Fauci, who's probably responsible for the death of, I don't know, a few hundred thousand people. And he's still walking around with, with, with his glasses thinking himself superior in intellect. You've got uh, Mr. Butt Gig, uh, the, the man who uh, is a specialist in, in breastfeeding babies. He's dropped the ball more times than an armless Magic Johnson. And yet, there he still is. So I don't know if, if, if the people that are in the right get validated and those that are in the wrong get shamed anymore. I, we, we, we stopped using common sense. Critical thought is out the window. And you have adult males paying for pap smears because they think they're women. So, yeah, I know. (sighs) Host Ari Shapiro asked, this all builds up to what may be the most important question. How does this end? This is still uh, regarding uh, Lloyd Austin and the interview. Now, let me preface by saying they don't want it to end. As long as somebody's making a dime on the other side, as long as they think they've got the upper hand on the Russians, it's not going to end. I'm still waiting for information to be leaked regarding who exactly blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, because that would be important to know, wouldn't it? I mean, seeing as... The United States president bragged that it would no longer be functional. I have to wonder. But let's get back to this because it's it's eye-opening. You need to know. You need to understand that every morning without a mushroom cloud is, is a good thing. And some mornings you hope for one. But 
eh, as long as it's not there, go enjoy the day. In Wisconsin, not so much. Everything's icy and cold, but still. You can make yourself a nice hot cup of cocoa with some miniature marshmallows and sit by the window and draw hearts in the steam. I don't know. Uh, Austin responded. I think, again, we're going to focus on what's in front of us right now and put them in the best possible position to continue to be successful. Are they, though? Other, other than, than billions and billions of dollars getting laundered, are they being successful? And this is at a time when I understand unemployment rate, yay. However, certain things make you go, hmm, because they're going to come out, especially with election season starting to tick up. Oh, the, oh, the economy is doing fabulous. Look at this unemployment. It's, it's spot on. No, but nobody's working. Nobody wants to work. But hey, everything's great. Uh, mortgage applications, you know, those things that you need to buy a house. Mortgage applications just collapsed to an index level of 147. If you don't know what that means, that's the lowest level of buyer demand in 28 years. That's a lower demand than anything close to the 08 crash. Mortgage applications are down 41% from last year. Let that sink in for a bit. For all the folks, oh, I got equity in my place. I don't care. I got equity. Not if nobody's willing to pay the price. You see that equity just woof, disappear. If you got a property to sell and somebody willing to buy, pull the trigger. That's all I'm saying. This is from the Mortgage Bankers Association, by the way. So it's not, it's not like Mike made it up. 41% down from last year. Lowest level in 28 years. But yeah, the economy's booming. I've seen eggs as expensive as $10 a dozen. But we're doing great. Thank you, Pete Buttgig and President Poopy Pants. We, we are on the cusp of greatness. Yes, we are. <sighs> so this is, this, we, we, we've just acquiesced to this thing dragging on forever until we run out of money. And apparently that's going to be soon. Because uh, I, I, I think American prophetic, we haven't seen the bottom of the stock market. That's, that's fallacy. And uh, I, I think real estate is going to hurt when it crashes. That's just me, though. I'm, uh, you know, they, they call me a pessimist. I think of myself as a realist. But that's, that's the way I'm gauging this. So Austin responded. I think, again, we're going to focus on what's in front of us right now and put them in the best possible position to continue to be successful. And I think that will lead us to Ukraine being in, uh, again, a good place, whether or not the fighting continues or whether or not they decide to go to the negotiating table. Shapiro then asked, well, to be specific, back in November, Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Mark Milley, another genius, just, just a brain trust, said Ukraine cannot achieve the goal of kicking all the Russians out of the country, including Crimea. Do you think he's right about that? Austin answered, I don't want to speculate at this point. I think my goal is to provide them with the capabilities required to achieve their objectives. What is their objective, Mr. Chairman? Nobody can pinpoint that. What, is it Ukrainian tanks in, in, in Red Square? If that's the case, then I think that we're going to see uh, mushroom clouds in Europe sooner than we will in America. Just a guess. I don't want to speculate at this point. I think my goal is to provide them with the capabilities required to achieve their objectives. And that's what I and the chairman are going to continue to stay focused on. 
Shapiro then cut in to ask, well, their objective specifically is to drive all the Russians out. Is the goal to help Ukraine drive all the Russians out, or is the U.S. goal to help Ukraine get to a strong negotiating position? And Austin responded, well, they can be driven out, or Putin can decide to take his forces back out of Ukraine because he's in such a bad position, and that can happen as well. Well, Mr. Austin, uh, I, I dare say that if wishes were horses, we'd all have stables. If you think Putin's about to pull his, his army out of Ukraine, you've, you've eaten some magic mushrooms. He could end this today. And we all know this, is, this, this war is happening because of one man, one man's desire to erase his neighbor's boundaries and occupy his neighbor's territory. And this is, again, unjustified, unprovoked. And Putin could end this at any point in time. Shapiro concluded by asking, if Russia were to retreat to where it was before the full-scale invasion a year ago, meaning it hangs on to Crimea, it remains in parts of eastern Ukraine. Would the U.S. consider the Ukrainian victory and urge the Ukraine to end the war at that? Austin responded, Ukraine's going to decide what victory's going to look like. And so I don't want to speak for President Zelensky or the Ukrainian people. I think that's for them to decide. Kids, we're not getting out of this anytime soon. If you were hoping this were over within, uh, you know, the year, well, the year's passed, but another one's coming up, and we're likely going to be talking about this come November, December of next year if the Russians haven't had enough and start pushing a few buttons. Because the Europeans seem to have short memories. Because they've lived in this la-la land for, for decades now. They think the rest of the world has, and so everyone's soft. Some nations, including the Russians, couldn't afford to get soft like the English, like the Italians, like the French, like all the others that are squishy around the middle. At some point, the whole world's going to war over resources. And those that got soft will be prey. Just a thought. I know. What do you, I know nothing. I know nothing. What I do know, though, is that our favorite prophetess decided to sweeten the deal, as it were. If you were on the fence about going to heaven, uh, if you didn't know, you're like, it sounds good and all, but I'm waiting for a better offer. Well, she's got it for you. Did you know that you'll be able to transform into cartoon characters in heaven? I know, me neither. You'd think it's a book of Revelation. Would talk about, I don't know, Donald Duck being up there, but no. It was kept completely secret. Only she knows what heaven has in store. And so if you were ever going, eh, it may be boring, you know, cherubs and clouds, no, no. You now, for a limited time only, have the ability to become a cartoon character in heaven. So this is a conversation she had on the fact that this woman has a television show tells me where America is spiritually. Sorry. 
I know, Rising Phoenix. Speaking to Steve Schultz, her uh, sidekick, as it were, Wednesdays with Cat and Steve. Ah, there's a catchy title. Somebody worked hard for that one. Schultz said, all right, Jack, age nine, he wants to know, can I transform into things in heaven like an animal or a character? He wants to know if he can transform it. I assume this is like when uh, they're playing around or something. And this is her answer. And please, those of you that are uh, theologically limited as to all the fun things you can do in heaven, open your ears and listen. There are places in heaven they can go, that is, for a play area that, yes, you can actually change. You can be smaller. You can be larger. I think that you can become a cartoon in certain areas, and then you play out cartoons with your friends. You actually are in the cartoon, so he's absolutely right. Now, her co-host is over the moon at this revelation and wants to know about the fun zones in heaven. Yes, because the Son of God came and bled and hung on a cross and died and rose again so that you might have exclusive rights to the fun zones in heaven. Usually, she continues, again, I've lost hope in humanity. I'm back to the mushroom cloud. Usually, in the amusement park, there's a a lot of things going on similar to that. They have all kinds of things that they can do. You can travel in... You can travel different ways, like in bubbles. So if you've ever wanted to travel in a bubble, this is repent, confess your sins, receive Jesus, live holy, and you can travel in a bubble. That should be the selling point to the young. You can go up to different places for the play places in the sky. I know it sounds crazy, but it's heaven, indeed, because... If heaven is synonymous with anything, it's crazy. Ah, mercy, Jesus. So, of course, he planned different things to do, even adventures for you to do. Things to learn, different places to go and learn them. You can visit rodeos. Why why a rodeo? I, I don't live in Texas. But hey, apparently Jesus is a fan of the rodeo. So you know what? God bless Texas. You can visit rodeos. You already know about the amusement parks. Duh. There's so many places in heaven that you can go. Even beautiful places outside parks. All kinds of things. Dinosaur parks. It's like Jurassic Park in heaven. Now I'm sure they'll make a movie. All kinds of things. Dinosaur park. I know. People get up. Get off on that. I I think this is where her aneurysm kicked in. Because it's just a word jumble now. Or she's there. And she's playing with her dinosaur. And doesn't have time to speak to us uh, lowly folk anymore. But yes. Uh, In case you were wondering if you could be Popeye the Sailor Man. Was Popeye a cartoon though? Look into that. You may be able to be Popeye or Winnie the Pooh. It's up to you. 20 minutes, I'm just going to speak in rhymes. I kid, of course. But this is where we are. So yes, you too can be a cartoon character. And not to be outdone. Because, you know, now there's a competition for crazy. Kenneth Copeland. Prophesy that God is giving Heidi Baker the United States. That's a nice gift. So is she going to be like queen? Are we going to be her subjects when she receives the United States? Hmm. I wonder. Oh, mercy. So uh, why why not get into this one, too? Because, look, it brings me no joy 
to choke out the hope that you have for a reviving church in America. But you need to be aware of where we are. Because we see all these things happening within Christendom. We see all, all, all the directions where a lot of the quote-unquote prophetic individuals are going. Yet we're still holding out hope that th- this will self-rectify. That somehow everything going to be all right. My message has always been prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Uh, I, I think at this juncture, hoping for the best is a fool's quest, but that's just me. So speaking at his Eagle Mountain Christian Church, Copeland claimed to be speaking for God as he prophesied over Heidi Baker, who is another prophetess. Now, I don't personally believe she's on the level of the pink-haired lady because did she say you could be a cartoon character in heaven? But Kenneth Copeland's trying to pump up her image just a smidge so uh, I guess she's being gifted the United States as well as Canada. Ooh, a twofer. I have given you and Roland. Apparently Roland is her life partner, husband. I don't know. I don't judge. But I'm assuming Roland is not her cat because I, it would be funny if it was. Wouldn't it, though? I've given you and Roland. Your cat, favor, in places where people hated you. That's not saying much because she's got a pure, pretty hateable face. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know her. I'm sure she's a lovely person and, and, and Roland purrs whenever she pets him. But we're going to get through this too cuz this is this is my life now this is what my life has become i read the words of crazy people who are pretending to be spiritual juggernauts this is where we are i have given you and roland favor in places where people hated you and wanted to kill you the only person that's ever tried to kill this woman is probably a chef in the back of the house after she complained about her lobster bisque 17 times and expected a free meal. That's, that, that's, that, that's it. I'm going to kill that woman. Oh, he wants to kill me. Stop complaining. It's a perfectly fine lobster bisque. It's not like your mama made it. No. But he's a chef. Either eat it or don't. Anyway. And I'm changing their minds and changing their hearts. My goodness, it's falling in the hearts of men and women in this country, in the United States, where so few know of you and Roland. I am giving you the United States. Dun, dun, dun. Well, kids, if you thought you owned your property, guess what? Heidi Baker's going to come a-knocking. This is my stuff. (laughs) Why? I'm giving you the United States. I'm giving you this place and opening it up to you, and you'll go back and forth. Then will come Canada. You'll go to the north, the far north. You'll go to the Inuits. All right. American prophetic. Uh, Heidi Baker's never going to go to the Inuits because the Inuits have nothing to offer her as far as monetary value is concerned. Uh, To translate it into modern-day parlance, Heidi Baker's never going to visit the Inuits because the Inuits are too poor for Heidi Baker. All right? Let's just get that clear. Because now I'm getting angry. I, I, I understand. It's, uh, Kenneth Copeland's full of pudding. He's been full of pudding forever. But claim that they're gifted for any other reason than profit. 
You're fooling yourself. Heidi Baker will never go preach to the Inuits. Can you imagine her eating whale blubber? Now, I'm sure that if Roland is a cat, he might love a little whale blubber. But he probably isn't a cat. I I misread that. And if it's her husband, he's just riding her coattails. Because why not? You fly five-star, you sleep five-star, you eat five-star. All at the expense of the little people. Because apparently, in their understanding of the people of God, there's a caste system. There are the Kenneth Copelands and his ilk who live lives that people could rarely imagine. And the lower castes are only good for financing their lifestyle. And that's it. So either you're in or you're out. Apparently Heidi Baker and her cat are in. But don't for a second think that she's going up to the Inuits in the north to preach the good news. Because there's no five-star housing or restaurants or living among the Inuits. And other than some whale bones and seal tusks, they've got nothing to offer such a pretentious individual that it would compel her to go and preach to the lost. Now, I could see her going to Fiji and staying at one of those uh, above-the-water huts for two weeks. and eating delicacies than having her cat take a picture of her on the beach with her eyes closed and the arms upraised so she could tell those that financed her trip that she was prayer walking Fiji. But other than that, kids, I I, I wouldn't If you ever see a picture of Heidi Baker among the Inuits, uh, I'll shave one eyebrow and leave the other one furry as it is. Because apparently I don't know how to clip my eyebrows, so now the hair is just falling over my eyes. It looks like I've got curtains. So I'll do that. How about that? If you ever see a picture of Heidi Baker among the Inuit people, I will shave one eyebrow and leave the other one. And I'll walk around like that for a week. Deal? All right, we got a deal. Now, just, you know, I mean, these are all the, the, you know, evangelical goofballs. You're thinking to yourself, but hey, the Lutherans, the Lutherans are still on track, right? Well, there's a Lutheran pastor that has a problem with heteronormative marriages. If you don't know what a heteronormative marriage is, it's a mama and a daddy having little babies. It's the marriage prescribed by none other than God himself. A man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. A man, a woman, in holy matrimony, having children and raising families, No, no, that's heteronormative. What are you people talking about? There's a new pastor in the Lutheran Church who has the pulse of everything. Her name, because of course it's got to be a her. I know. Are you talking down to women? Look, women and pastoring, not a good combination. Not biblically author. I'm not going to have this discussion every time. I'm not talking down to women. I'm not looking down on women. I don't believe women are any less because they can't be pastors. Okay? Is what the book says. 
Show me in the book that the book does not say, and I will no longer say. Because you've got people like Laura Groen, who's uh, the pastrix of Abiding Savior Lutheran Church in uh, Columbia, Maryland. And her take on what has been the established order of, of, of marriage since, you know, Adam and Eve, is this. Heteronormative marriage-based sexual ethics are inferior in every way to queer consent-based sexual ethics. And the fact that the church is captivated by the heteronormative vision is contributing to our downfall. What this crazy woman is saying is that if you are a man or a woman in a heterosexual or heteronormative relationship, then you are inferior to the perversion known as homosexuality. Pastrix Lura. When are you and your girlfriend going to have a baby? Oh, you can't. I rest my case. Welcome, 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 welcome to the circus. It's good to have you. But she continues, the fact that queer people need to justify our consensual, our, see, I knew it. I know, American prophetic. I I just, I read the headline. I'm going to go into this, and I don't want to go into this, but I'm going to have to go into this. And here is the crux of it. The fact that queer people need to justify our consensual relationships to a church that keeps producing cishet pastors that abuse their congregations in entirely predictable ways is infuriating to me. The church has lost all authority to speak on sexual ethics. But the Bible hasn't, dear. And as long as the Bible remains, it condemns your lifestyle as sin. It condemns your lifestyle as a perversion. So you can use the church as a straw man and go, you don't have the right to say anything about it because there's pastors committing adultery with their secretaries. That may all be true. The church may have lost all authority to speak on sexual ethics, but the word of God has not. (sighs) This woman is crazy. I'm sure she's getting uh, traction. Uh, And then she continues and begins to use... uh, Foul language, because that's 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 the last resort of people like, uh, well, Madame Laura Groen. She is so frustrated that the Bible will not give her license to follow in her perversion without consequence, that she just loses her mind and starts to, you know, fire F-bombs at everyone on Twitter. But hey, rising phoenix, huh? Am I right? Am I right? Oh, man. Now, I know. See, we're going to every safe space, and we're just throwing grenades in there, because why not? Because, well, you know what? The Mormons don't have this problem. Well, apparently the Mormon church just got fined a million dollars for hiding $32 billion. They hid a $32 billion portfolio behind shell corporations. What happened to thou shalt not covet? Huh? I know Joseph Smith never preached on that. Come on, get in line. I, I, I will grenade bomb every single one. Thankfully, it's not about denominations, though. Thankfully, Jesus didn't come down and say only the Pentecostals or only the Baptists or only the Methodists. It's the soul that sins will die. That's it. But yeah, apparently uh, Mormons like money. 
uh, a little more than they like being law-abiding. So uh, $32 billion. Now you know how they can afford those nice buildings. But uh, I'm sure they still send out uh, requests for donations. Because that's, that's the world we live in. We live in a world of hypocrites. We, 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 we live in a world that is past deserving judgment. And at some point, there, 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 there will be some curmudgeonly among us, likely like myself, that are start looking up to heaven and going, eh, what are you waiting for? I get it. You're God. You're busy. You know, a little brimstone would be nice. So it, it is what it is. Here we are. Thankfully, God doesn't grade on a curve. Uh, what your neighbor does will not reflect upon you. What your city, your state, your denomination, your pastor, this, this crazy lady does will not reflect upon you. Only what you do will reflect upon you. So walk humbly with your Lord. Seek his face. Live righteousness. And you will know him as the almighty God that he is. And with that, thank you all for listening. So much more we could have gotten into, but I think that's enough for one week of hair pulling, huh? Uh, Lord willing, we'll talk at you next week. Perhaps next week we'll get into the whole uh, thing about a San Diego pastor talking about beards and, and that they're nothing more than pride. I'm sorry. When I grow a beard, I'm just being lazy. So I don't know how laziness and pride uh, coexist, but we'll get into that. Probably not. A lot more is going to happen next week. Uh, and that's going to get pushed down to the bottom of the pile. Gino, if you got anything to say, it's yours because we're running late. Until then, God bless you guys and thanks for listening. Thank you, Mike. Well, the word of God warns about wolves in sheep's clothing. There's plenty of wolves. And you know, I marvel at one thing, one huge principle of the Lord that Copeland and others don't get. More blessed to give than receive. The whole story of the rich man. And it's just, you know, I get texts. Hand to Help gets a lot of emails. And though we work in Romania, we, we've got emails from Africa and Kenya and other countries. And the suffering they go through is unbelievable. I mean, they beg for literally bread for orphan kids and others. And and this guy's got the audacity to speak. And, and, it, and it's a host of people. Our, our, like our leading evangelists are nothing less than charlatans. And it, it's a sad thing because ha, ha, they're getting their money from the flock. They fleece the flock. They're getting their funds from the flock that ought to discern that they're, they're vile. You know, I know people log them as such great, eloquent preachers, but they don't live what they preach. Or they defy what Jesus preached. And think about Jesus, if he were alive, and not alive, but if he were on earth in 2023 and he's going around <laughs> taking offerings for Maseratis and mansions. That's what they do. Where Christ didn't even have a place to lay his head, he didn't have a home, didn't have an address. And that's what I find appalling about what these guys do. And, uh, and I believe God finds it that way. And, and what a sad day on Judgment Day for them, you know, to, I mean, one time I was with Demetri. I'll finish with this little story. I'm a musician, and, and there was a, a violin or something just kind of collecting dust in the warehouse, you know. And, and, and I said, Demetri, uh, what's up with the violin? And he uh he said, that violin's going to Romania. And he was a stickler about anything that we got donated to go to Romania, anything. I mean, talking clothes and food and other things. He always thought of the orphan kids and uh, in Virginia, the widows and orphans. I was with Virginia a lot. And, and it's a, just a difference of mentality. I don't know in America if our water's that bad or, or if the 
smoke from East Palestine, Ohio, has gone over to Copeland's area, but God help us to do what's right in front of the Lord because there's a lot of hurting people out there, and and rather than pad these guys' pocketbooks, think about the orphans and widows. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.